than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll at Lebitard Show. When you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Callie here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today, we recap week four of the NFL. Josh actually gets interested in some baseball games. Then we finish the episode off with a totem pole of items that you buy in a concession stand. We're excited to announce this episode is brought to you by Bigfoot Axe Throwing, the premier axe throwing location in the middle of paradise in Hochitown, Oklahoma. Use promo code BYB2021 for 15% off your entire purchase. Remember to stay plugged into social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We're available everywhere you can get your podcast. Remember to rate, review, share us with your friends, share us with your family, share us with the guy at Starbucks, the woman at McDonald's, your neighbor, ask them about Burst Your Bubble. Tell them about all the money that Kyler would have won you and all the money that I lost you from last week and all the things that, that we do to help you guys out week in, and week in and week out. Thank you guys so much for listening. But remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, what a phenomenal football game last night. Oh, it was great. But Josh, uh, the podcast is now under a weather delay because there was lightning somewhere one time. Even though we are both in our house and our internet is fine, we are under a weather delay. Yep. I saw lightning on TV, so we're going to have to delay this kickoff for 45 minutes. Was that not the craziest thing? They're indoors. <laughs> I mean, the perfect clip was when they shot to John uh, to uh, Gruden and he looked up and he's like, you fucking shitting me? It's like, <laughs> come on, guys. We, we, I understand like parts of the stadium had an opening. Lightning can't move sideways. Come on, guys. Yeah, I thought it was uh, all just too weird, but I'm glad that you brought up John Gruden because uh, I feel like him and Steve Belichick had a bet this week for who could stick their tongue out more times on camera. What was Belichick doing? Kyler, I'm I legit because I, John Gruden did it last night too. He did that uh, thing. I think they had a bet going to see who could get their tongue out more times on camera. Gosh, I've only seen that from people on Molly. <laughs> Kyler, I, I have no idea. It was the strangest thing I've seen in a long time. Some of the and they knew the first time they cut to Steve Belichick, they knew. Oh, this guy's just going to be gold all night long. And the same thing with John Gruden. The announcers during the game said, "Oh, Steve's got some some John Gruden growl to him." And then you see John Gruden last night, and he's doing the same thing. So, Josh, what's up with the Chargers? Uh, or I should say, the Raiders. Is their defense good? Is Derek Carr good? Uh, is the Chargers' defense good? What happened last night to the Raiders? The Raiders are hurt. Uh, the Raiders are banged up, Kyler. They lost Trayvon Mullen last night. They lost uh, Averett, who was coming in as the backup corner. They were playing uh, – their nickel corner was playing all all the time. I mean, what was surprising about last night was that the Chargers did not score more points. Um, I am actually also very surprised that a guy like Mike Williams, who has got four to six inches on every one of the cornerbacks on the Raiders, did not get more shots thrown his way. Uh, that was very surprising to me. This this Raiders team, I think, is actually – I think they're good, but they are just way too hurt right now. I mean, the team, they lost uh, uh, Richie Incognito. He hasn't played a snap on the offensive line all year. The The team is just banged up. What are the chances the Raiders land Aaron Rodgers? Very slim. I think John Gruden loves Derek Carr. He was trying to trade him all offseason. Yeah, but I, I think he has a sweet spot. I, I don't see – 
I don't see them moving off of Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr's uh, quote from yesterday from the pregame, I don't care if I'm leading the league in passing guards. I don't care if I'm the last in passing guards as long as we get the, the win. Starting out 3-1, the only, it's the third time that the Raiders have started out 3-0 since 1990. Mm. So, I mean, John Gruden, he's got what, probably 10 more years left on his contract. So, he's sending in the right direction. I just don't think, and I think he knows this as well, Derek Carr is not the guy to bring him to the promised land, but a short-term plan like Aaron Rodgers may be. The thing is, I don't know that even Aaron Rodgers is good enough to take this team deep into the playoffs. And it's just because of how hurt this defense is. They have a good front four, Max Crosby, Nassib, uh, some of those guys up front are really good. It's a really hard team to to move the ball against. But man, whenever you just have the injuries like they do, it is just hard to hard to do anything. But on the other side of the ball, the Chargers look great. And Brandon Staley is, in my opinion, looking like a phenomenal pick as coach of the year because he is doing all the things right. And if I'm excited about any franchise, if I'm a Chargers fan, Kyler, I feel great about the future. You have a long-term quarterback and a long-term coach. The the world is your oyster. Josh, that uh that fake field goal punt he called last night, the fake field goal pooch punt. Uh, that hey, uh, he's, I like I like Brandon Staley and I like that coach of the year pick that you had. What I don't like, Josh, is the Lions pick that you had over the Bears that ruined our parlay. Uh, Josh, how is Dan Campbell still employed? So both of my picks ruined the parlay, Kyler. I did not get either one right, but. Uh, I think I fell into the trap. Vegas knew everyone was putting money on the Lions and everyone was putting money on the Bucks. We'll get to the Bucks later. Uh, the Lions, Kyler, I, I don't really know. I don't know how Dan Campbell has a job. I don't know how they didn't come out. Well, I know what happened. You snap a ball and it fun- – or Jared Goff is trying to move around the offensive line and they snap the ball, hit him in the shoulder, and it bounces into the defender's hands. I've never seen that before. They yeah. went three – Drives into the red zone and no points, Kyler. Zero points out of three trips to the red zone. That is just not winning football. It's because every time they got into the red zone, Jared Goff would get sacked for 12, minus 12 yards, and they'd be out of the red zone. It's like, Jared Goff, what are you doing? Just like literally just snap the ball and go down if that's what you're going to do. Or just throw it to DeAndre Swift and hope for the best. Give it to give it to Hawkinson. Feed your tight end. You have a couple of good players. Give them the ball. Oh, Kyler, I I could not have been more upset than the beginning of that game. And I thought that they would turn it around. I said, Bears going to bear, but no, Lions going to lion. Someone told me the other day, the only two teams you can't bet on in the NFL are the Lions and the Jets. And uh, I just might have to start living by that rule of thumb, Kyler. Yep, Lions dropped to 0-4. I thought they were the best 0-3 team, but that was not the case. Are they the best 0-4 team is now the question. Uh, is it just them and the Jaguars? Uh, probably. Then, yes. I have, to, I have to believe that they are better than the Jaguars. I'm also going to lose $20 this season because I put down that $20 bet that the Lions were going to win more games than the Bengals. Yeah. Two teams you don't bet on in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets. If you if you're, have a parlay that you're eyeing and you have either one of those teams, just pull it. Pull yeah. it, pull it, pull it. Don't believe in either of them because, you know, you'll just get surprised. I will say Justin Fields, Kyler, looked really good. He did look good. I was That was my next question. What was your impressions of him? I mean, just just over 200 yards on 11 completions. So, I mean, not, not too crazy of a stat line, but a pretty productive day for Justin Fields. I, I would just say 
his second game starting, they had a better game plan going in. He was able to move the ball down the field. Once again, it is against the Lions, but uh, he was able to move the ball. He was able to get things going. He he made a couple of mistakes that you expect from your rookies, but overall I was uh, impressed with the second start from Justin Fields. Uh, I think that he he is one of the more shifty quarterbacks uh, in this rookie class. He looks good. Yeah, he looks really good. Uh, let's look. Let's move to somebody who doesn't look very good, and that's Baker Mayfield. Uh, Josh, what happened to Baker? I mean, I, I don't necessarily mean what happened because I think this is just Baker being Baker, but under 50%, under 160 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, so good on him. But, Josh, what happened to Baker? Uh, I, I think that you just see this as a production of him not being in a system that throws the ball consistently. When you have the running backs like they do, you lean so heavily on them that the times that you do throw – it's magnified. And so I, I think that Baker's just not getting a chance to really get into a rhythm, which, I mean, it's not his fault. It's not giving us a fancy call because they're winning football games. But you have to expect more production from a quarterback that you believe can be your franchise quarterback, which obviously doing the right things to help them win football games, you would just like to see better production out of him. I don't know that anything's wrong with Baker. I think that they need to trade Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. because I think Baker Mayfield is way better when he is not on the field. It's something crazy. Like he, when he doesn't target Odell Beckham Jr., he's like 86%. I, I 100% believe that. I feel like I said this in uh, episodes past. I feel like Baker feels like he has to force feed OBJ just because of who he is. And that's not the case. Get spread the ball out. You know, I will say that Jarvis Landry has been a, a safety blanket for Baker Mayfield, and he's still on IR. So I think that whenever Jarvis comes back, that might help Baker's production out a little bit. But being a you know a quarterback on a contending team, you've got to be able to make some plays. Seven targets for OBJ, two receptions, twenty-seven yards. So that's definitely not going to get it done. I, I'd agree with that take that he needs to be traded because. I mean, if you look at OBJ's production, even in his last years in New York with Eli Manning, I mean, that, Baker Mayfield's better than that Eli Manning. Yeah, well, Kyler, you know, I'm not going to get on here and bash OBJ because he is a great talent. But, you know, that one year where he had like the three one-handed catches, and, I mean, we just haven't seen the same level of production since that since that little spurt that he had. So, I mean, you know, OBJ also has to start living up to the hype that OBJ is because – Let's face it, you know, people aren't respecting OBJ like they once were. And, yeah, you know, he's probably lost a step, but you still can be an elite talent. And OBJ still has the talent to be an elite player in the NFL. He's just got to go up and make some of these plays. I saw a play uh, on Sunday. Baker threw to OBJ probably 30 yards downfield. OBJ was looking one way. Baker threw it another way. There was another pass where OBJ didn't even jump to catch it. I mean, there were just a couple of very big miscues um, on both ends. Yeah, the effort's definitely a question there with OBJ, especially this late in his career, as much money as he's accumulated. Uh, let's move on to the Giants of the New York State. Uh, they won their first football game, Josh. They beat the New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston down there in that dome. Daniel Jones, I mean, he, he looked as good as I was hyping him up to be on last show. Daniel Jones looks really good, Kyler, really good. Uh, Jameis does not. Uh, Taysom Hill looked good, but – the Giants, Kyler, even with their wide receiver core being as depleted as it was, Daniel Jones finding ways to make it happen. Saquon Barkley finally coming out in a big way. Saquon, is it full? Is it safe to say that Saquon is all the way back? I don't necessarily. I don't know if I would say that. He only had 52 yards. 
He had 52 yards, but Kyler, did you see the 74 receptions, 74 receiving yards? Yeah, yeah, Saquon's back. I mean, I I think it's I think Saquon's all the way back. He's at least all the way back from his injury. He had two touchdowns. He had the walk off and OT to win it. Kyler, he oh yeah, I'm I'm all in on Saquon Barkley being back. He had a 40 yard reception touchdown. Also had a fumble. Need to clean that up. But uh, yeah, I like the Giants. They might win four games. You think you think four is the cap? Oh, it's definitely the cap for sure. The cap. See, I don't think so, Kyler. I think they're gonna sneak into that five or six and have a chance to to win their division. Cowboys Giants next Sunday or this coming Sunday. Who you got? <laughs> give me the give me the Cowboys for sure. Cowboys are a seven point favorite. I don't know. We'll have to see, Josh. That's why they play the games. But uh, let's move on to a more exciting team. The, well, I will say the Saints. One thing about them that was, yeah. this was the first time that Alvin Kamara has not seen a target like since he came into the league. Yeah, it is the first time in in his NFL career that he's played in the game and hasn't seen the target. So not good on James Winston there. Maybe need to get some more LASIK. Washington and Atlanta. Uh, Washington went to the Superdome, walked away with the win. They're two and two. Is it Taylor? Tyler? T- Taylor Heineke? Taylor. Taylor Heineke. He's a he's a quarterback, huh? He's a quarterback. Kyler, I've been beating the Taylor Heineke drum ever since he played in the playoffs against Tom Brady. I'm huge on him. I've got him in a couple of my dynasty leagues. He's He's got a little bit of a rushing upside, Kyler. People yeah. underestimate his ability to scramble. And uh, he can. He's got some targets over there. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel. I mean, he's got some weapons over there. Washington. The well, thing about Washington. Made, that throw he made to McLaurin in the left side of the end zone, that was insane. That was insane. But you know McLaurin can make those catches. I saw him catch a like a 168-yard bomb out of a cannon a week ago. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that video. It was an incredible yeah, video. Great McLaurin catch. Is, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. He is. He's uh yeah. I you know what, Kyler, we talked about this last year. There was a group of those receivers. It was uh Calvin Ridley, McLaurin, DK, AJ Brown, you know, trying to figure out where all those guys rank in that same class. And they're, I mean, they're all very good. That is an elite group of wide receivers. Yeah. But, yeah, Terry McLaurin looks really good. Uh, Antonio Gibson also looks really good. Uh, you know, he just keeps going. J.D. McKissick got a little bit more involved this week. Calvin Ridley finally looked really good again. Uh, they got Kyle Pitts involved a little bit over in Atlanta. I thought Atlanta was going to sneak out with this one, Kyler. Yeah, to two. I, I really did. But, you know, the thing about Washington that's been very surprising this year is their defense has not been very good. Not been good at all. And it was predicted to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, their front, their front four is extremely talented. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what the uh what the issue is going on over there. Maybe they need Dan Quinn to come in and coach the defense, uh, like he's doing for the Cowboys, but I don't I don't know what's happening in Washington. The defense well, they have just, figured out how to play Cordero Patterson, and nobody's been able to do that for the past decade. So good on them. Oh, yeah, I'm so glad you, I completely forgot to bring up Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson looks like like he's 24 again, Kyler. I mean, Josh, you're talking about Saquon Barkley. Cordell Patterson is all the way back. Uh, so to say someone's back, should they have been there in the first place? He's back to his high school days, it looks like. Josh is <laughs> running all over these kids. Yeah, that, that is more like it. He's back playing flag football when he was 12. That kid is uh, – it's crazy. It took a whole decade for a team to figure out how to play him. And now that they did, he's just running all over people. He's catching – so 
that was a stat. He had five receptions for three touchdowns. And I was like, what? He played like 17% of snaps and had three touchdowns. He plays every position. <laughs> no, Kyler. Oh, Love I that. forgot to mention this. We talk about someone who plays every position. I know I'm jumping back for a second, but Hunter Renfro mm. on the Raiders. Kyler, did you see the hit stick? Yeah, I did on the fake punt. Oh, talk about every position. That man's tackling. That man's running routes. He does it all. That hit, Kyler, was so hard. That was the best play of the game. I think it's, I think I saw a status that he traveled like 38 yards on that tackle. He saw no one was lined up against him. He goes, oh, hell, this guy's going to get a first down. And he just immediately took off like a rocket. Great form tackle. Oh. He looked like a linebacker. Josh, is there a better saying in football than putting the hat on the ball? Putting the hat on the ball. That's a good one. Uh, who was who was in the booth? Uh, God, what's his name? Nope, no clue. Uh, Steve Levy's up there with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no idea. Lewis Riddick. Oh, I did. I didn't know that Riddick. Yeah. I, I knew that. Yeah, he, he he said it probably about three times in a, about a forty-five second span. You know, he great job by Renfro there to put his hat on the ball. Love that saying. Okay, Kyler, I was all, there was also a few times where I was questioning the call from the booth because I heard this I heard the phrase that's the deepest penetration at least six times last night. Ooh. And I was thinking, there's no reason. There's no and then about four minutes later when the Chargers have the ball, they go, Austin Eckler just squirts through the hole. And I was like, okay, guys, I know. That I know that this is not just I, like my mind is not that far gone. Like, what are we doing? Come Isn't on, that, it, it, it could be though, Josh. But I do you think it's a it's a conceited effort by them to maybe make some make some Twitter headlines? I mean, it definitely caught my attention. So you know, I, I think that it might have been. But I'm not kidding, Keller. Every for for four minutes, I heard it six times. The deepest Ooh. penetration, and then as soon as the Chargers got the ball. Austin Eckler squirts through the hole, and I was like, what? There's no way that I'm the only person in the world that caught this. What is happening? That's that's hilarious. I imagine Steve Levy doing it most of the time, and I, I like to imagine that all three of the guys in the booth have a bet on how many innuendos they can make in the broadcast on during live TV and not get the producer to, to yell at them through their ear. I bet that somewhere there's a line. I yeah. bet you can bet on that. How many sexual innuendos? Yes, I – yeah. And I bet Steve Levy is betting on it. And that's why he's hitting it over. <laughs> More than likely. Probably from a burner. KD's betting on it for him. Exactly. But uh Texans Bills, Josh. The Tex Davis Mills, I don't I don't see how he's still in the NFL. Uh, that's just because Tyrod's not back yet. Uh I did I mean, hear this on the on the Lebtard show, Josh. This this uh this is really showing the talent gap between a first-string quarterback, a second-string quarterback, and a third-string quarterback? Well, I mean, yes, but Mills is also a rookie. You know, he, he wasn't drafted in the first round like a lot of these guys. You know, this it's not like this guy was drafted and was expected to come out and make an immediate impact in the NFL. That's just not what it was. Um, I think Davis does have a win, though, doesn't he? I mean, I think his first game that he came in and relieved, he got a win. So, I mean, he, he was the win. first one of these rookie quarterbacks to snag a win. So, I mean, he can't be, you know, too terribly awful. But, I mean, what I think is happening, I think that we are finally just getting to see the epitome of the Houston Texans and how bad this football team actually is. 
but you know, let's not just act like they were out there playing a, a mediocre team. This Bills team just got through putting 35-0 against the Washington football team. This Bills team is no joke. This this Bills team is a real team. I don't know that how much blame you put at Davis Mills or how much blame you can still put on Bill O'Brien for just blowing up an entire organization and walking away, which is probably the biggest, the biggest blow up walk away in sports history for Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong about that one. And the Bills defense, like you said, is just uh, outstanding. Four interceptions on the day, five turnover turnovers total. Uh, and they got to the quarterback all night long. It was uh, just it's, a clinic from Buffalo. It's, it's the entire team. You know, it's the defense is great. The offense is phenomenal. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox. I mean, these guys know how to play football, and they're very good at it. My question to you, Kyler, we see this year in and year out. Are the Bills peaking too early, or are they just going to be a really good team all year that makes a deep run in the playoffs? Yeah, and we saw it on Sunday night, Josh. I mean, the AFC East, it's kind of shit. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean as it, good – as good as the Bills are, I mean, they're just the best team in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, you know, they like I said, they beat up on the Washington football team. They, I mean, they have, I think, one really good quality win so far, but I think that they're just too good right now. And, you know, that's weird to say, but sometimes it's not good to be this good this early. You know, you look at a team like the Chiefs, where I think the Chiefs are actually in a really good spot because it gives them – uh, it, it gives them the – I was mistaken, by the way. They beat Washington 43-21, and they beat the Bills 35-0. to zero. So, uh, my bad on that. But, um, you know, it just makes you pause and think, are they peaking too early? Are they going to implode? Is something going to happen? Is Are some of these other teams going to figure it out late? Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs have started off struggling, and then you see Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill just blow up the Eagles. So, I mean – you just have to wonder, can the Bills keep it up? And we will see on this Sunday, uh, the Sunday night, they play the Chiefs on NBC at 720. This will be a great opportunity from the showcase. This could be, I mean, this is an AFC matchup. Yeah, it is. This is probably the AFC championship game, if I had to guess. But uh, let's move on. Well, I mean, you're overlooking Baltimore, but we can go ahead and move forward. I don't think I am. But uh, the Panthers and the Cowboys. Uh, the Panthers are for real. I think so. I think the Panthers are, are a real football team. I think they are a lot better when Christian McCaffrey's on the field, but I think that they're still a really good team. And I think Matt Rule is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah. yeah one of the best schemers for sure. Yeah, he is so good. He understands, you know, this was a tough loss. The Cowboys just kind of outpaced him. Um, Zeke but, was I mean, Zeke was really good. They're, he was feeding – Carolina looks good, though. I mean, I, they are not the same Carolina team that we've seen in the past. This team understands what's going on. Shuba Hubbard looked pretty solid. Yeah. Sam Darnold leading the league in rushing touchdown, Kyler. What is happening here? At 300 yards for Sam Darnold. I mean, it's just a phenomenal performance, man. And at the end, Josh, I wasn't sure that the Panthers weren't going to tie the game up at the at the very end. I know. I mean, they they were making a comeback. They were making a run. Sam Darnold was trying to lead him to the promised land. This is a completely different Sam Darnold than we saw a year ago, especially two years ago when he was seeing ghosts. So I'm loving what the Panthers are building. Once again, you've got another young quarterback and a young head coach. I, I'm I like the future for the Panthers. DJ Moore, he's a he's a stud. DJ Moore is really good. Robbie Anderson can catch a couple mm-hmm. deep balls when he needs to. I mean, this team overall is just. I mean, solid foundation. The Cowboys look really good. Dak Prescott, 
he's not just trying to make a case for comeback player of the year, Kyler. Dak's trying to win MVP. And he's got a hell of a case for it, doesn't he? He looks great. He's throwing touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. The biggest loser in the Dallas Cowboys are the fantasy owners of Amari yeah. Cooper and C.D. Lamb trying to predict which one of those guys are actually going to score. That's right. And Amari Cooper, I mean, he's – I want to say his uh, catch rate this season is like in the 90%. It's like anytime he's targeted, he's going to catch the ball. I mean, and he does. He just – he went to that uh, the rib injury, and so mm. he's got – he it just kind of – Bruised him up for a week or two. I think that you're going to see him come back. He's uh, getting healthier as we go through. See, Lamb though dealing with some drops, Kyler. Yeah. What do you What do you I, attribute I that know. to? Do you think it's just him being a young receiver in the NFL and just trying to adjust to the speed of the game? What's What's going on with with CD? I don't know. I think it's just the deep balls. I think that there's just been some that he hasn't gotten his hand on. You know, it's. I think it's probably still a little bit of the nerves, a little bit of the speed, but I, I just think it's bad luck. Holtz Dolphins. Uh, the, Josh, the Dolphins, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, was this just a case of the Colts knowing everything about him? Was this Jacoby Brissett returning back to who he really is? What's going on in Miami? When are they going to get Tua back? I actually don't know when they're getting Tua back. I think he, I think they put him on IR. I actually don't know what injury he has. I'm going to look that up while I'm talking. But uh, I will say I saw Jacoby Brissett throw a fit like a toddler on the field after he got, I don't know, I don't remember if it was a sack or an interception. I think it was a sack. He legit, like, his legs stiffened out and he was kicking and he punched the ground a couple of times mm-hmm. like a toddler. Uh, I do see a report 20 hours ago, Tua resumes throwing. Uh, he's going to remain on injury reserve for week five, but Flores said the quarterback is getting better every day. So they're hoping that he will be back for week six against the Jaguars. Well, Josh, I would say it's more of the offensive line than anything, right? I mean, that's the reason two is not out there right now, and that's the reason we're seeing Jacob Brissett you know, under so much pressure and on the ground throwing that fit. Yeah, offensive line has definitely not helped. I actually also think that this Colts team is a little bit better than the 0-3 record painted them as. The Colts have been a solid team. They just needed just a little bit of production at quarterback. I mean, they have a good offensive line, a, a above average defense. So a couple of key injuries over there, but yeah, the, the offensive line in Miami just has not helped their quarterbacks. And, you know, in turn, it hasn't helped the receivers of the running game. I mean, Miles Gaskin was non-existent in this game. Uh, Devontae Parker was the bright, was the shining thing of this game. And I mean, still he didn't look great. You know, he had a couple of big catches, but if you're relying on Devontae Parker week in and week out to win you football games, I just don't know that that's a recipe for success. It's definitely not. Uh, but the, the Dolphins, they, they could turn things around. I mean, Brian Flores is a great coach, a great, good defensive mind. You're right, though. The offensive line is just putrid. Yeah, I mean, in today's NFL, your defense can be as good as you want, but you have to be able to score points. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. And speaking of scoring some points, that's exactly what Mr. Zach Wilson did, Josh. Made me eat my words talking about he's, he's cement-footed. Josh, he was running all over the place against Tennessee. Aller, though he had three throws that were just like 60-yard bombs downfield that just dropped right into the receiver's lap. Across his body, running out of the pocket. Josh, he was he was a he played really, really well. Zach Wilson looked he looked really good. I was very happy. I've got him in a dynasty, a dynasty league. People have been trying to trade me, and I've been kind of thinking about it. But after last night, Kyler, Zach Wilson is back. The Jets are are the Jets. Um, but no, I Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, those guys are going to be 
week in and week out targets for Zach Wilson. They need to figure out what's going on in the running game. I know they got it by committee, but they need to go ahead and just cut a couple of the guys out and start, you know, getting more consistent on who's going to carry the ball week in and week out. Offensive line doesn't protect Zach all that well, but uh, they got the job done in this game. By, by they, it just means Zach, you know, being able to run yeah. around and just drop the dimes. I mean, th- this game, he put the team on his back. He said, you know what, I want to win in the NFL. This is going to be my week one win. Yeah, he, Josh, he wasn't running around back there for fun. He was doing it to save his own life. Uh, Josh, you know how many people were at this Jets game? I don't have a clue. 70,000. Wow. Holy shit. That's a lot of people. But, uh, Josh, Ryan Tannehill had 50 throws. Yeah. That's a lot for Ryan Tannehill. That's a, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, Derrick Henry looked really good, though. I mean, he was running all over the place. So I'm surprised that he didn't have 50 rushes. 33, though. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of offensive plays by the Tennessee Titans. They were trying to, you know, they were trying to kill clock and it just didn't work. That's a ton of that's 87 plays right there just between those two guys. Yeah, uh Jeremy McNichols got a like six or seven targets. I think he led, I think he paced everyone in receptions for the team, which is nuts. Yeah, he did eight receptions, 12 targets on the day. Yeah, he's Derrick Henry's backup. Jeez. And he led the game in, in targets and receptions. So good on McNichols. Good on the, get, getting some burn in as the backup, but the Jets get their first win of the season in overtime. Uh, are you more impressed by the Jets or more worried about the Tennessee Titans? Uh, definitely more worried about the Tennessee Titans, but I think, you know, obviously you're without Julio Jones and, and AJ Brown. Yeah. So, you know, let's not act like they're, you know, like it's not act like they're full strength going out there with all their weapons. Cause that's definitely not the case. So I'm worried about Tennessee until they get those guys back. Uh, but, it, I mean, it also is a very impressive win for this Jets team because yeah. this Jets team could have just laid over and just taken another loss here and just written the season away. But instead, Zach Wilson, you know, decides to put it on himself. The coach there, I forget the new coach's name, uh, but he looks a lot better than Adam Gase. So, you know, I, I think that this is just a young team that said, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get this win. We need a win. We need something positive. We need to be better than Trevor Lawrence. And uh, speaking, we talked about how bad the AFC East was. The AFC South might be as bad, maybe even worse. Yeah, things are not looking good in the AFC South, Kyler. I mean, there are just some, there are just some uh, bad teams. Very big problems in the AFC South. Very bad teams over there: Tennessee, Houston, Indianapolis, and Jacksonville. Ugh. I mean, the crazy thing is, Kyler, I could still see the Colts coming out and trying to make a run to win this division. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I can see Carson Wentz ripping off a four-game win streak pretty soon. Yeah. So uh, the Colts have the lowest points allowed in the in the division, and the second highest points scored, and they're one and three. So I mean, obviously, it's not a you know not a great look. But if you're the Tennessee Titans, there's no way you feel good about being on top of that division, sitting two and two after losing to the Jets. No, definitely not. And uh, the. The Colts, I mean, they they've won one game, so headed in the right direction, you can say. Uh, let's move on, Josh. Chiefs, the Chiefs got back on track. Patrick Mahomes looked like the Patrick Mahomes of old. How many touchdowns? He had five touchdowns. Yep, they beat the Eagles 42-30. to 30. The Eagles looked, I mean, decent, but, I mean, just they couldn't keep up with the Chiefs. You know, I am I get confused because I saw Eagles fans saying that just Jalen Hurts is net. You know, Jalen Hurts ain't it. He's not going to win. I'm like – I feel like Jalen Hurts is playing pretty decent football. I mean, like, you know, there's a couple of times where the drives stall out, but, like, 
Not every quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. And I think that we've just gotten spoiled watching the greatness of Patrick Mahomes that we can't appreciate an above average quarterback. Uh, yeah, I would say Jalen Hurts is a, he's a good quarterback. He's a little slow for my liking. Um, he's a, for a rushing quarterback. For he's really slow, uh, but he's he is playing well and he scored. I mean, he scored thirty points against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they, they're not that good of a defense, but that's still an impressive feat. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that he's going. I think he's just catching way too much criticism in in these games, and I don't think that that's that's fair. I think that. Yeah. You know, I think the de- the Cowboys defense is better than uh, advertised. I think that it's just hard to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs when Tyreek Hill is going for 186 yards and three touchdowns. Your offense isn't getting very much time to rest. Your offensive line is tired. I mean, there's just a lot of factors that go into that. As later in the game goes, it's a lot harder to score points and your offense gets tired. Yeah, that's right. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's he's a lot better than any other option the Eagles would have. Devontae Smith looks good. Yeah, the rookie wide receiver. He looks really good. He's catching passes left and left and right. Uh, Miles Sanders going quiet. Kenneth Gainwell getting a lot of the production there, which is kind of, uh, you know, concerning for Miles Sanders. But maybe he'll get back on track next week. Hopefully, Terry Kill looked great. Travis Kelsey was kind of quiet. Uh, the Chiefs' offense just came back full force, and that's what you expect from Kansas City. You know, when you knew this slump wouldn't last very long. Yep, that's right. And Gainwell, I mean, not not too many names in football better than that. That is a pretty good name, Gainwell. Cardinals, Rams, K-1, Baby Yoda, Kyler Murray. I mean, Josh, you talked about Dak Prescott making his case for MVP. Kyler Murray is making his case for MVP. 268 yards, two touchdowns in the 17-point drubbing of the Los Angeles Rams. The Arizona Cardinals are now the only undefeated team in the NFL. What did you think about their performance? Uh, the Cardinals look like they have the most explosive offense in the NFL uh, right up there with the Chiefs. They look like they can score with anybody. Their defense got it done against the Rams, which I did not expect. I still am not a believer in this Arizona Cardinals defense. I think that they've gotten in a couple of uh, good matchups for their defense, especially when you're playing like a team like the Jaguars. Uh, and then beating the Rams like they did, though, Kyler, was very impressive they kept their composure and they and they just kept under control. Cliff Kingsbury is a big part of this. Him and Kyler Murray's relationship is detrimental to this team or very important to this team uh, and to the success that they have. One other guy who I think is going very underrated on this team is Chase Edmonds. Chase yeah. Edmonds, Kyler, one of the best PPR running backs in the league, probably second to Austin Eckler, just looks phenomenal. He's explosive. He can make plays. James Conner came out in this game and looked incredible. So, I mean – all things are firing right for the Arizona Cardinals right now, and I have no reason to doubt their defense, but I doubt their defense. Yeah, 30 rushes on the day and then uh, 32 passes for Kyler Murray, so really spreading the love around to everyone on that explosive, explosive offensive side of the ball for the Arizona Cardinals. I, sure, their defense isn't the best in the NFL, but it's not the worst, and they can get turnovers you know, in key situations if they need one. Um, I and they can outscore most of the teams in the NFL. And why I give them the uh, edge over a team like Kansas City is their run game. I mean, Josh, you mentioned Chase Edmonds and uh, James Conner. Those are two really good running backs, and they are spreading the ball very equally. I don't know that I'm going to call James Conner a really good running back. He did look really good uh, this past Sunday, but I don't know that he is a really good running back anymore. Uh, I mean, I do like the running game, but I – I'm also not against CEH like a, like everyone else is. So mm. 
I don't know that I would give the Cardinals the edge over the Chiefs just because the Chiefs can get it done as whenever they want, it seems like. Yeah, they had a little bit of a slump there, but like I said about the Bills, sometimes you hit your stride too early and teams start to figure you out and you run into uh, – you're used to winning. What happens whenever you have your back against the wall? That's what I'm going to be ready to see in this Arizona Cardinals team. But they do look – right now, Kyler, they look like – if not the one of the best teams in the National Football League, and they just beat a really good team, the Los Angeles Rams, who I think also look very good. The defense just could not touch this Arizona Cardinals. This is one of the best defenses in the league. So if this team can't stop them, who's going to slow them down? And that's exactly to your point. If you can outscore every team, it doesn't matter what your defense does. It's like uh, you're the OU Sooners. That's that's what they're playing like. I mean, it looks like it with – AJ Green, Josh, how do they? How the hell do they end up with AJ Green out there with DeAndre Hopkins? Well, that's because AJ Green. That's because AJ Green's like thirty nine years old and he's been injured for six years. He's thirty three, and he's been injured for like the past four years. He's not now. He's not now. He looks really good. AJ Green's come. He has come back. I actually just traded him away in the Dynasty League. I traded AJ Green and Darrell Henderson. For Cortland Sutton in a 2023 first round pick, so I'm going full GM mode. Yeah, that's a nice move there. Hey, but you're right about his uh, his his past. I mean, he has he played a full season in 2020, but before that, he hadn't played a full season since 2017. And that 2020 season was he played, not, but I mean, it was not. Well, know, he was. He, I don't know if I blame him for all that, but I mean, I agree. I'm just saying, you know, if you're a good wide receiver, you're going to get open. You're going to get the ball thrown to you. And uh, he just wasn't last year. He was still coming back off injury, trying to figure it out. But he got put on the Cardinals, and now he's the second option on this team. Maybe third. Uh, well, third option, yeah. But, I mean, looks really good. So, I'm I'm not all in on the Cardinals, but I am a believer in the offense. Definitely. That's that's what's going to get it done uh, in this league. Josh, let's move on to the Seahawks and the 49ers. The Seahawks look good. I mean, we both predicted they would win this game, but both teams would move to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Russ Wilson doing his thing. You got any comments on this game? Oh, Trey Lance. Are we talking about him? Uh, yeah. So, well, I will say uh, Russ Wilson did not come out of the gate looking good. This mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks team started awful. I mean, Kyler, they had like zero yards of offense through a quarter and a half. Yeah. It was not pretty. I mean, they look like the Oakland Raiders. Okay. This team, but they figured it out and they ended up getting their points. I, now, about Trey Lance. Trey Lance is the most shifty freshman quarterback yeah. in the National Football League. Kyler, he moved around the pocket so well, and he was so fast. The quarterback's ability nowadays to move around in the pocket and just avoid these mammoth 350-pound, 4-4 running defensive tackles, just stepping up half a foot so they can get a throw off, it's incredible. No, it really is, and Trey Lance has proven that he is really good at it. There's a reason that he was considered to be so raw, but like a little bit of a project. Because I mean, you could you could tell you know progressions, and there were things that he needs to work on. But his ability to move around the pocket, move around and and get plays, make plays happen, extend extend plays, and find people open. Trey Lance was good at that. He scrambled when he needed to. Uh, the thing that Trey Lance is going to have to learn though is that your slide stops at the beginning. You have to cross the first down. Before you start the slider, you won't get the first down. So, you know, just a couple of rookie things. But, no, I am very excited about Trey Lance, and I would be surprised if he's not starting week five. You would be. I, I would, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo has a calf injury, no reason to to rush him back. 
let Trey Lance try it out another week. If, you know, if Jimmy G's feeling good, bring him in at halftime in the next game. Josh, do you think it was a real calf strain? Or do you think they just wanted to see what they had in Trey Lance? I bet his calf tightened up. <laughs> Been a little tight, might have caught a cramp. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but he ate a banana on the sideline, got a little potassium in him. <laughs> just set out the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you that Trey Lance should start, but I don't know if he will. Um, I don't know if the, they're going to take all the confidence away from Jimmy Garoppolo this early in the season. Uh, Who are they playing next week? I'm, I'm going to look. That. That's a good, Go that's ahead. A good, that's a good. They're playing uh, the, oh, they're playing the Cardinals. They're going to need Trey Lance to be able to try and, and score with the Cardinals. They're going to lose that game. I don't know what the spread is, but give me the Cardinals. Yeah, they're going to lose that game. Uh, Ravens, Broncos. Uh, Ravens. They they looked good. They they came out and did what they needed to do. And Mile High City, Lamar Jackson looked good. Uh, what did you think about this game and your Baltimore Ravens? Uh, I predicted the under would hit. The under did hit. I said that's a lie. I did not predict the under would hit. I was trailing Mark uh, Belleville from uh, used to run the Love of the Game podcast over Unwrapped. So go follow Mark. I trailed his bet because he told me I could on the under on the Ravens and Broncos, and it hit. Um, I thought that the Ravens defense looked good. Um, there were a couple of times where they looked a little susceptible to the run game. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both are really good backs. Um, I will not be surprised if they continue to carry or share carries throughout the year. Um, but no, Baltimore looked good. Lamar Jackson looked really good. He was able to make plays, get the ball down the field against a Denver team that had one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, they played a cupcake schedule up to the Baltimore Ravens, but their defense still was good. I mean, it's, it's a good thing to be able to hold teams to a few points in the NFL, hold them to a few yardage, and that's what the Denver Broncos have been doing. So Baltimore scored points on a really good Denver defense. I feel really good about where Baltimore is sitting. Uh, I think Denver is going to struggle a little bit now that Drew Locke is back under the helm. Uh, Cortland Sutton, though, has a really good chance to make some big fantasy splashes because uh, Drew Locke loves Cortland Sutton. So mm-hmm. hopefully – we see some production out of him, but I'm I'm kind of worried about where this Denver team is going to go after getting their first loss. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong about that, Josh. And here's the thing I don't get about the Broncos. I mean, it, your only success in this game came from the running game. The only success on the offensive side of the ball. And I get you're down, you know, 17-0, 17-7, you know, early in the second quarter. I don't care. Keep running the ball. I'd like you're not going to have any success with Drew, with the ball in Drew Locke's hands. I, I, mediocre success, if that. You might get a first down. Just fuck the clock, run the ball. That's what John Gruden did, and he almost had to come back. I mean, if yeah, I mean, and that's what you're going to have to see from the from the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are going to have to run the ball a lot more, but that's what this team does. This team is built the Fangio. I mean, all this is built on on defense and running the ball and doing play action passes. I mean, that's just that's their game plan. Kyler, what did you think about the Baltimore Ravens rushing the ball at the end of the game to keep their hundred yard streak alive? I loved it. I mean, Josh, I, I get so mad when when teams get mad at stuff like this, like, especially in the NBA when it's a blowout and the team goes up for a bench warmer, goes up for a layup at the end of the game and, you know, the other team wants to fight him or something. It's like, well, fucking stop him. Exactly. If you don't want him to get the 100, don't let him, you know, don't don't let him get the 100 yards. You know what they're trying to do. I loved it, too. I loved every second of it. Obviously, I'm a I've probably got a little bit of bias being a Ravens fan, but I just thought it was a great move by John Harbaugh. Those guys work hard. The offensive line works hard. Lamar Jackson, the backs, you know, they deserve it. They, they, it's not like they don't go out and try to run the ball. That's what they put the emphasis on. Keep the, keep the streak going. Absolutely. And if the, if the Broncos don't want them to rush for a hundred yards on them, fucking tackle them. <laughs> yeah, don't let them. Yeah, I agree. 
It's literally in the rules. You can do that. You can tackle them and stop them from running. That is allowed in the NFL. Jesus Christ. And taunting isn't apparently celebrating a 12 yard reception isn't allowed, but Josh, you can, you can take somebody's head off. Oh, don't get me started on the taunting calls. Darren Waller last night. Oh man. That was just, Oh, mind blowing. All right. What color, what I'm going to get mad. What game, what other game do we have? Steelers Packers, uh, green Bay. Josh, did you see the look that Mike Tomlin and Aaron Rodgers gave each other? I did not. I missed that. Oh, so yeah, Josh, it was late in the game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, saw that Steelers defense was was uh, they were discombobulated. They were confused. Aaron Rodgers hustled him to the line. He was going to do a, a, a no hurry. He was going to get the playoff. He's probably going to find find somebody in the end zone. Mike Tomlin calls a timeout. Great camera work, by the way. They shoot to Mike Tomlin. He gives Aaron Rodgers a little head nod and a smile. Aaron Rodgers gives him one back. Josh, uh, we've got a little budding romance there. What's going on in, in Pittsburgh? I mean, obviously, Mike Tomlin's looking for a new quarterback. Green, Aaron Rodgers is looking for a new home to play quarterback. Uh, do you think he can move to Pittsburgh? I never thought that I would uh, say that, but, I mean, I'm not going to say no to it. I mean, I just watched the video, and it was clear that they were uh, sharing a moment. You know, they were having something there. So maybe with Big Ben on the way out, Mike Tomlin wants another veteran quarterback. And I mean, is there has there ever been a better little uh, cushion period piece? I mean, besides the Bucks getting Tom Brady, the Pittsburgh Steelers getting Aaron Rodgers would be incredible. Green Bay fans would melt. Oh, I think Cole might die. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine Jordan Love taking two years from today? Jordan Love taking the Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl against Aaron Rodgers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I can't imagine that. I mean, I can't either, but, you know, it's fun to fun to think about. But this is the, the Steelers have – they have weapons, though, don't they? Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Najee Harris, Juju, obviously. Eric Ebron's a good uh, tight end. They no, have Pat some Fr- – Pat, Pat Freermuth. Freermuth yeah. is better than Eric Ebron. Yeah, I'd agree with that, too. And he's a – what he's like? Josh, he's my age. Yeah, he's young. He's a rookie, but, yeah, he's good. He was, he's actually, oh, he's actually younger than me, Josh. He's, I'm five months older than, than Mr. Fair Free Move. Baby Gronk. Baby Gronk. I like it. Uh, speaking of Baby Gronk, let's move on to the Buccaneers and the Patriots game, Josh. This was the story of the, of every sports channel, every podcast, everybody put out this week was the Buccaneers and Patriots. Obviously, the Buccaneers got the win. Uh, it was a messy game. It was, the weather was bad, but Tom Brady went in there, did his thing. I mean, he didn't have any touchdowns, but 269 yards, no interceptions. Played a played a good game. Keller, I called you. You know, I, that was my other bet on the on our parlay that doesn't miss, and both of mine missed. Um, I called you before the game, and I said, Keller, this the Buccaneers are kind of scaring me because 90 percent of the money in Vegas is on the Buccaneers minus seven. Vegas is looking for a payday because they have not moved this line at all. They are not they are not backing down. They are in for a payday. And I said, you know, I'm I'm getting nervous, and it happened. They the they knew stuff that we did not, and I think what they knew, Kyler, was that Matt Jones was ready for the moment. Matt Jones looks by far the best rookie quarterback out of this class. Kyler, Matt Jones was going through all three progressions. He was read after read after read. He really was, and that Josh Matt Jones, he made me eat my words again. I called him cement footed. I called him slow. I called him whatever. Josh, he's an athletic, athletic cat. 
And they lost on a 56-yard field goal that should have went in. Yeah, I don't know how athletic I'm going to say Mac Jones is. He does. He's definitely athletic enough to get the job done. But he looked like a Tom Brady. No, he looked like a Peyton Manning collar. He was. He was at the. He was changing plays at the line of scrimmage. He was audibling. He was doing all the things you want from your quarterback. He was moving around, dodging contact. He was going through his reads. He looked like a veteran quarterback out there. And I thought he looked I, – I cannot rave about this kid enough. He earned the respect of a lot of people out there on Sunday night. I was excited for him. But obviously Tom Brady and company get the win. It was not in a pretty fashion. The Buccaneers did not look did not look good. I mean, you know, you have to kind of worry about it. Obviously their defense is very banged up right now. Uh, they're not playing with – I don't think they have one – uh, secondary starter that they had in week no. one that they had Sunday night. So, I mean, this defense is banged up. You've got to spread the ball. you got to go out wide when you're playing the Buccaneers. You can't try and run the ball. It could be DeVay, 385 pounds. It's just not going to let you run the ball. It's not going to happen. No. He's and on one side and then Dominican Sue on the other. Yeah, you're not running the ball on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's why you saw Mac Jones spread the ball out and they ran it. Everyone's like, you only had they had negative one rushing yards. You got to establish a run. You don't think Bill Belichick wanted to establish the run? You don't, you think, don't think that the that? <laughs> I, I promise you that crossed his mind, but you can't. You can't do it. Mac Jones plays better anyway when you spread everyone out wide and let him throw the ball around on a weak secondary in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Until the secondary gets healthy, this team is going to struggle. Yeah, you're right about that. And one thing about Mac Jones, I mean, so I think a reason that Cam Newton didn't work out is it's the offensive style. It's the offensive play calling. It's centered and it works best around a pocket passer, around a guy who, who's not not necessarily a pocket passer, but a guy who's going to throw the ball from the pocket. I mean, he can move around in the pocket, but if you're getting outside of that pocket, you're moving around, you're scrambling, and you're rushing for six yards here and there, and you're asking to get hurt, you're asking to get hit really hard like Cam Newton did and like we never saw Tom Brady do. And we saw we seen Mac Jones step right into that role, and he's doing it fantastically. I mean, he, he's not taking any hits. He's getting the ball out on time. He looks like a, like a veteran quarterback. You're exactly right. Well, and, you know, it was just the similarities were just phenomenal. Watching him, uh, they had a montage where yeah. he was running a play and they shot back eight years where it was the exact same play Tom Brady ran. And you, they were just so interchangeable. It was – Matt Jones is very impressive. Tom Brady is obviously a great quarterback. He had a couple of uh, overthrows on Sunday night that did not look great, but attribute some of that to the weather, I guess. Matt Jones playing in the same condition, so say what you want. Both coaches said that the weather did not play a factor. Uh, that's just more, you know – Lies from coaches just because they don't want to admit that. I did not see Bill Belichick and Tom Brady hug before the game. I did see the brief hug after the game, um, which I, I said that would happen. But I did not see the hug before the game, Kyler. Tom Brady waited till the very last minute to come out of the locker room, ran down the sideline, gave the crowd a fist bump, and the fans ate it up until the game started. Once the game yeah. started, they were all Mac Jones, no Tom Brady. Yeah, and they they got a good game. I mean, Josh, the capacity was 100%. Attendance was 100% for this game, 65,000 strong out there in Foxborough. At the most expensive home game. Ever, probably. It was. That was the most expensive home game at, at, at that stadium. Has the has ratings came out yet for that game? I'm sure they have. I haven't seen them, but I bet, I bet it was one of the highest things in 2021. It had to be. It had to be. Did we, did we get through all the games? Yes, we did. Well, look at us go. That was that was pretty good. Um, I, I guess we can talk about college football real quick. 
Just um, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Iowa, they look I'll, – I'll just mention five teams that I think are really, really good. Iowa, Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati. Johnson, am I going to put Oklahoma in there? Uh, they just find ways to win. They just – they don't look great. They're just finding ways to win right now. I think Penn State and Oklahoma are pretty much the same team. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Penn State, I mean, they look pretty good. Then Oregon gets knocked off by Stanford. So it looks like OU is probably going to jump in that top four, um, if I had to guess. They they barely beat Kansas State. Obviously, I said this last week. You know, well, I don't think OU I don't think OU jumps in the top four. Uh, we'll see. It, when does the poll come out? Today, probably. Let me look. Let me see if it's come out today. Oh, it came out yesterday. Yeah, let me look at this. There's no way they get in the top. Oh, OU yeah. six. Yeah, OU stayed at six. Cincinnati jumped OU. That's what I figured would happen because uh, Oregon dropped. Oregon Iowa, dropped only, to, Iowa went to three. Oregon only dropped to eight after a loss at Stanford. Stanford's a good team. They're not even that, that whole Pac-12, I mean, it's the new Big 12. I mean, they, they play at, at midnight our time, and they just score all the points. Yeah, I think that the top three teams uh, are really good. Iowa, Georgia, and Alabama. I think Cincinnati is very good as well. Doesn't Georgia and Iowa play this week? No, uh, Iowa plays Penn State this week. Yeah, that's what it is. In college, and game day went to OU Texas instead of the 3-4 matchup. That's a mistake. Color, what is happening there? EV ratings. Yeah, I mean, Money. I mean that is just wild. The 3-4 matchup, and you're not going to go there? Oh, yeah, that's that's a questionable decision. And, I mean, even you have Georgia and Auburn on the schedule, as well as Alabama and Texas A&M, as well as Arkansas and Ole Miss. I mean, this is a loaded college slate, and they picked probably what's going to be the worst game. No, I think it's going to be a really good game, but I just don't see how you don't go to 3-4. I mean, that's, that's literally, I mean, two teams, that, if the season ended today, they'd be in the college Playoffs, college football playoffs. Uh, you have to go to that game, in my opinion. But, Kyler, OSU, Oklahoma State, jumped up to number 12, cracked yeah. the top 15, a win this week. Do they crack the top 10? Oh, who do they've got this week? They play – or they're off this week, so they, their next game is against Texas on the 16th. So, uh, with a win against Texas, for sure. I mean, uh, they'll, they'll be in the top 10, maybe higher than that. But, I mean, their next two games, Texas, Iowa State – and then Kansas is bad. But if they can win the next two games, Josh, they'll be in the top ten for sure. I've never been more excited. The OSU game against Baylor was great to watch. It's fun yeah. to be at the stadium. Um, Cincinnati looks really good. Cincinnati is phenomenal. I mean, the 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 discipline they have is is really, really good. I their college football chances, Josh. I mean, they're still hanging by by a hope, I would say though. Yeah, I mean, this win last week I think helped them a lot. It, it showed a little bit of validity to the Cincinnati team that I think a lot of people were questioning because usually they don't play those high-ranked teams or ranked teams at all. So getting a win against a ranked team like that, I think, helps Cincinnati a little bit. But, I mean, it's going to be Penn State, Cincinnati, OU, uh, Ohio State fighting for that four spot. Alec Pierce for Cincinnati had six receptions, 144 yards. That's a stud right there. Uh, Louisville, Wake Forest probably played the game of the week. Uh, I predicted Louisville would keep it close. I didn't know if they would win it, and that's what that's what happened there. Uh, other than that, Josh, Ohio State looked good. Kentucky got the upset against Florida. That's what I was going to say. Kentucky yeah. beating Florida was a that was a good win for them to move five and zero for the year. I mean, that's a that's a statement win for a Kentucky team. Blue blood basketball and football. 
Yeah. Mississippi State as well, getting the upset against Texas A&M uh, down there in College Station. That's a big win for that program. Uh, Clemson, uh, Josh, I, I, this was my this is my win of the week. The Boston College plus 11, was it? Oh, yeah. They covered that easily. I mean, Josh, I, once I saw the first drive, I was like, oh, yeah, that's money in the bank. Yeah, that was a good call. The over Arizona State was a really good call, too. Yeah. I didn't know that it was going to hit. Uh, I remember I nervous, <laughs> but it did. It hit hard. It was like three to three in the middle of the second quarter. I was like, golly, this is this is going to be such a snooze fest. And the, uh, they, I think the over hit before the end of the third. I know it was nuts. Coastal Carolina also five and zero down there at fifteen. You know they're just going to do their thing. Yeah, Some really good so, no. games coming up this week. College football it'll be great. Uh, sad OSU's off for the week, but OU Texas, uh, Penn State, and Iowa. Some really good matchups coming out this weekend, Kyler. Before we move on to baseball and the totem pole. Go follow us on social media. You can follow us at SportsBYBP on Twitter, uh, at Burst Your Bubble. Uh, I'm at JakeEatno22. Kyler is at Kyler012. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, at Burst Your Bubble. We post great videos, get great clips, polls, everything you want, uh, all of our parlays, all of the ways to make you money on sports betting. We have that information for you. Uh, all the up-to-date bets, player props, first-time touchdown scores, anytime touchdown scores, we've got it all. Go follow us everywhere on social media. Go follow at Blue Wire Podcast, great podcast, Kevin Jones and company, doing great things, uh, partnership with the Wink Casino, Coors Light, making things happen over there. Uh, Greg Olson, Chris Long, the Spinsters, I mean, everyone over there has got great podcasts up and coming. The uh, studio over at the Wind looks fantastic. Go follow at Blue Wire Hustle, the up-and-coming network of podcasts that are a part of Blue Wire that Kyler and myself are a part of. Go follow at Unwrap Sports, our family over there that does a bunch of live streams. They do great uh, panels, all different kinds of shows. Uh, getting people media credentials all the time. Kyler, Mark, that I mentioned earlier, uh, was close to getting a job as a beat writer from some of his connections through there with the Boston Celtics, his favorite team. So uh, great family over at Underwrap. Go follow them. And last but not least, all your waiver wire ads, your priority waivers, everything that's going on to win you your fantasy football leagues. Go follow our fantasy football expert at Fantasy BYB. That is Shane. So go follow Shane for all of your fantasy football tips, tricks, and ways to win. And last but not least, Kyler, this episode is brought to you one more time by Hochitown Axe Sewing, the premier axe sewing location in the middle of Paradise, Hochitown, Oklahoma. Use promo code BYB2021 for 15% off your entire purchase. Once again, promo code BYB2021 for 15% off your entire purchase. Kyler, let's get you baseball and the totem pole. Let's do it, Josh. And I think I think I'm finally going to get you interested in some baseball. We've got playoff baseball tonight. Yankees, Red Sox, one game. To, to advance one game for the whole season. Who do you got tonight, Josh? Keller, you don't even have to ask me that question. Who do I have? Who do I have? I have the Yankees. I've been beating this drum for every time you bring up baseball that the Yankees are going to make it in the playoffs. Yankees win tonight by three runs. I'm taking the under of eight. It's going to be about one to four, something like that. Yankees going to come out and get the dub tonight. Keller, I feel great about the New York Yankees. As well, you should, Josh. They kind of they kind of picked this series against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they I don't want to say they tanked, but they kind of tanked the end of this the end of the season to get the this matchup against the against the Red Sox. So they did perform well in the last series. I think they swept them in the last series they played against each other. So obviously the Red Sox feel pretty. Or I'm sorry, the Yankees feel pretty confident going into this. Uh, 
they uh, Garrett Cole's on the mound. Uh, Nathan Navaldi's on the mound for the for the Red Sox. So it could be a pitcher's duel. But the last time we saw these two on the mound face off against each other, I think the final score was like eight to three. Not this go around. Garrett Cole is coming out with a vengeance, Kyler. We are going to see a low scoring baseball game, and the Yankees are going to clutch it out. Aaron Judge going to smack another homer, carrying us to the victory, carrying us to the promised land. New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox. Is there anything more electrifying in the MLB? That's the only way to get people interested is if you bring up those two teams. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, when's the last time you watched a baseball game? They said, I don't know, like 2012 when the Yankees and Red Sox were good? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. But, Josh, the Yankees, I mean, they're not that good. They just hit a lot of home runs, and home runs uh, cover a, a multitude of sins, as, as they used to say on old wrestling games. Kyler, I think that hitting home runs is the equivalent to hitting three-pointers in the NBA. Yeah. What's worth more, a double or a home run? Yep. A single yeah. or a home run? I'm going to take the home runs all day, every day with a good defense. Oh, I'm so excited. You know yeah. how much I'm going to watch of this baseball game? How much? Probably about two innings. Okay, so. well, that's an, that's an improvement. <laughs> two innings is more than zero innings. I will it watch – I will probably watch the – I might watch three. I might watch the third, the sixth, and the ninth. Well, you have to pay pretty close attention to get all three of those. But on Wednesday night, we have – Josh, I think this is the first time this has ever happened. The Dodgers won 106 games during the regular season. And they're, they have one game for their entire season on Wednesday night against the Cardinals in a one-game playoff in the wild card. Uh, who do you got in that game? Uh, probably the Dodgers. I hope so. I hate the Cardinals. Josh, I hate the Cardinals. I mean, I don't, I don't hate the Cardinals. One of my favorite baseball players used to be on the Cardinals, uh, Chris Carpenter, the left-handed pitcher. He's a great pitcher back in the day. I hate the Cardinals. And the fact that Adam Wainwright is still pitching for them, that's insane. It is insane. I'm pretty sure he, he was uh, in there with Chris Carpenter a few times. He was. Josh, he's yeah. 40. Oh, yeah, he was definitely in there with Chris Carpenter. That's insane. Yeah, I, bet, I bet the Dodgers win. The Dodgers are so good. They're really good. They, uh, one through nine, their pitching staff is good. I mean, it, I think uh, it, it's crazy that they've won 106 games and didn't win their division, but that shows how good the Giants have been this year as well. Uh, the NL playoffs are going to be an absolute dog race to the finish. Yeah, it is. And this is the best part of baseball. The yep. very end of the season and the beginning of the playoffs. That's the ending. <laughs> <laughs> When it's over. The off-season, when I get to hear about the moves. That's the best part. The hot stove talk. Yes. All right, Kyler, that that is all the baseball talk that I can handle. That's This is the most I've talked about baseball, and I'm excited for it. Do you have something else? Uh, I figure we'll put on another episode later on this week. But if we don't, Josh, you know what the Saturday is? What? Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, three. Oh, Yes, we will. De- we will. De- uh, no, but we will definitely put out. Uh, I'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Josh, I'm actually working on getting uh, Dan Tom on the show for a Friday. Um, talk to him about some UFC headlines, and then we'll probably bring up that boxing match as well. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, let's talk to Dan. Let's bring up that boxing match. We could also talk to Jeremiah about that. He's been training with Tyson yeah. Fury a little bit out in Vegas, so. Yeah, some good options there. I'm excited. We'll put out that episode Friday because we'll also do a uh, preview of week five. Yeah, Sounds good. Uh, Josh, we've got a totem pole today? Let, yes, we do. Totem pole of concession stand items, items Ooh. that you will buy at a concession stand. I'll let you, I'll let you start it off. Okay. I, this is easy for me. Uh, might be controversial to some, but easy for me. Uh, bottom of my totem pole is going to be cotton candy. 
cotton candy. Wow. That, that's not what I expected. I'm not a big cotton candy guy, Kyler. I, it's just too sweet, too much. It's sticky. Gets everywhere. Not a big fan. It is unnecessarily sticky. Unnecessary. Yes, exactly. And it gets everywhere. No, it get, gets stuck to stuff, gets stuck to your clothes. Uh, it, is a, it is a huge mess, but that does not take away from the flavor. No, but it's just so sweet. Like it's just, ugh, can't do it. Yeah, no, I guess. Bottom of mind, Josh, it's going to be a hot dog. I mean, what? There is nothing more overrated than a ballpark hot dog. I, it, and this just may be me, but I only like hot dogs from my house, and it has to be like a certain brand. Like if I get the wrong brand of hot dogs, it's, they're just not good to me. They don't taste good. Like the the juice tastes weird when you. I I don't want to describe it too much because I sound a little gay doing it, but. Hot dogs, very bottom of the totem pole. Hot dogs? That's uh, ballpark hot dogs. They just taste weird. The, like the juice that comes out of them is weird. It, it's it's not good. That is legitimately the best. Okay, <clears throat> all right, that hurt my head. All right, who doesn't like hot dogs from a concession stand? All right, uh, my bottom of my totem pole is going to be. Oh, this is easy. I can do this. Any kind of soda. Ooh, I don't drink pop. Don't drink soda. Well, that's just that. Uh, I'm throwing a challenge flag here because that's just a personal preference. That's not. That's not like uh, so. Hot you dogs don't like hot dogs unless hot dog, they're at your house. Hot dogs are disgusting. That's not Dr. Pepper is like, good anywhere. I don't like pop, so I'm not going to drink pop. So it's a, I, why? Why would I rank it in my totem pole when I'm not going to buy? It? You know, I'm do not you not like pop. it, or is it just not healthy? A little bit of both. Depends on the depends on the soda, but yeah, I'm I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna drink it. Ugh. Well, that's disgusting. But uh, bottom of mind, uh, let's see. Can I make it specific? Can I like add toppings and then put that on the, on the bottom of my totem pole? Because nachos with jalapenos. Okay. I hate jalapenos, so yeah, just anything with nacho. If you put jalapenos on a good good set of nachos, it ruins them. I, I would agree with that. I don't like. Yeah, I'm not gonna put jalapenos on it. That's a good. That's a good pick. All right, top. All right. Go ahead. I'm going to go with the top, but I'm just going to go with nachos, regular nachos from the ballpark. Okay. That's the best, best concession stand food there is. That's a great pick, I and mean, it really is. It's, it's you can't mess it up unless the cheese is just bad, which I mean you, you'd notice pretty soon. But uh, that's a great pick, great top of your totem pole. The top of mine, dipping dots. I mean, it, no place is better to get some dipping dots than a baseball game. Or a you know a hockey game. This is somewhere you can just sit back and enjoy, watch the game, watch these athletes play their heart out, and enjoy a a bowl of dipping dots and like a little souvenir helmet. Nothing better. That's a that's a good pick. I have never been too crazy about dipping dots. I used to buy them for the novelty, mm-hmm. uh, but I, but I respect the pick. It's the the new the new ice cream. So ice cream I, I respect ice cream of the future. That's what it is. So I respect that pick. Um, second pick for me, super easy. I'm going sunflower seeds. Ooh, it's a good pick. Get, especially if I'm at a baseball field, Kyler just takes the pack or two of sunflower seeds. Most of them be like two for a dollar. Yeah, I'll do that all day long. I'm going to go with the classic here, Josh. That's water. Uh, when you're at a baseball game, especially, I mean, I, I'm kind of throwing it back here, real old school, back at, uh, back at, Josh, what the f- Arlington Park. Um, now that we're inside a global life field, you know, we got the air conditioner. It's always 72 degrees, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But back in the day, Josh, I mean, we used to sit out in left field. That sun would be beating down on you for about five and a half innings until it went down. Nothing better than a 
cold bottle of water, especially like you said, with some sunflower seeds. Yeah, that is the, that's the move. Cause once you finish the water, then you've got something you can spit your sunflower seeds into feel like you're one of the pros. Kyler, I'm torn on my last pick. I am torn between quite a few. So I'm going to, I'm going to have some honorable mentions. I can already tell. Um, Josh, I you will don't go beer here. I'm going to be shocked. I, beer was not even on my mind. Wow. Not even on my radar, Kyler. I am going to go with a pickle. Oh, Kyler, just a, one of those, just a full size pickle that they give you in a napkin yeah. from, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking Ida Bell baseball fields. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking back in the day, growing up, getting a pickle to walk around with a water and my sunflower seeds. That was primo concession sand food. And Josh, nowadays, the, with so with all these you know billion dollar stadiums going up, they have to put these you know there's especially at Globe Life Park, Josh. I mean, there's 50 restaurants in, in when you walk around the concords on every level. So it's like there's Slim yeah. Chickens here, there's Raisin Canes here, there's you know all these different places. But a good pickle, underrated. Maybe a little overrated, but uh, I respect the pick. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Josh, this one is tough because, I mean, I do have things like soda. I love a good soda, especially at a baseball game. I love a good burger. If you find, especially if a concession stand has a burger, you know it's going to be good. Um, but I'm going to have to stick with the classic. It's going to be good at every single ballpark you go to around the country. That's popcorn. It's going to be good anywhere. It's hard to mess up unless you burn it. And even if you burn it, it's still going to be pretty good. That's a great pick. It's just a classic. You can't go wrong with popcorn. Everybody loves popcorn. Great pick by you, Kyler. Great. And then you, you can get a big, a big bucket and you're like, man, I'm not going to eat all this popcorn. But everyone around you is going to eat all the popcorn too. So it's, it's a great, great snack for the whole group. But if I have popcorn, I need to have one of those butter pumps. Yeah. So I can just and- put some butter all the way. And I think they should come with, you know, especially when you get the giant t- tubs of popcorn, they should come with smaller cups that you can like pour it into. Because if you're if you're holding the giant tub of popcorn, you've got probably four people reaching that thing. And, you know, COVID times, that's not very safe. Well, hopefully if you've got four people reaching into your bucket of popcorn, you know them and you know uh, well, <laughs> how they uh, how they've been before they're reaching into your big old deal of popcorn. Well, baseball but- games get weird, Josh. Baseball games do get weird. A uh, couple of honorable mentions. I definitely am going to have to go with a yellow Gatorade. Yellow Gatorade is a it's a classic yeah. or a blue power raid, but I'm going to go yellow Gatorade, and then I'm going to go with Cracker Jacks. Overrated, but a classic. But I don't like it. I would rather I, I'd go with peanut M and M's before I went with Cracker Jacks. What? I, I, honestly, Josh, I would pick almost any candy over Cracker Jacks. Mm, not me. The nostalgia gets me. No, nah, you just like the song. And no, I like the prizes. That's what I like. Oh, yeah. That's a good call. <laughs> How do you not mention beer, though? I mean, I I mean, I mean, do enjoy a cold beverage at the baseball games. But, Kyler, when I'm thinking of concession sand foods, I, I'm not going to lie. My, I just go, like, I go old school. My mind just goes – it takes me back to Idaho baseball fields. It takes me back to Hayworth playing around all the schools at the concession stand. Because, Kyler, I mean, you, you said it a minute ago. If we're talking about modern-day concession sand foods, you know, I could put in pizza. I could put in chicken tenders. I could put in burgers. I could put in beer. Lick, you know, I could put in all these things. But to me, that's just not the true spirit of the concession sand. To me, well, I, think I, think of, I think of water, Gatorade, nachos, pickles, sunflower seeds. 
Yeah, I think you're wrong about that one. But uh, and here's the thing with I think Ida Bell actually lost out on a what, Josh, a couple million dollars probably over the over this uh, two decade span where they haven't had beer at their concession stands. Oh, yeah, definitely lost a bunch of money. Definitely lost a bunch of money. Probably millions. Easily. Easily. Over two decades, over two decades, easily lost millions because there's a lot of people that go and buy. Uh, even if you don't sell liquor, sell beer, people will go buy beer. Oh, that would turn into a mess. It would, and you'd have so much to clean up, and you'd have so many people getting kicked out from those little league softball games. You already have a lot of people getting kicked out with the those yeah. But if you games. add in, but yeah, I was gonna say if you add in beer to a t-ball parent, Ooh. oh my god, t-ball parents are the worst, the worst. And it's like, bro, your kid is four. He's not even gonna remember this game. But the parents do, and the parents. I've never seen a parent get more mad than I have at a t-ball game. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, that coach pitch. I mean, those are the two worst sets of parents. Oh, it's mind-boggling, Kyler. People just try to get thrown out of games nowadays. It's like a sport. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But, Josh, that's pretty much all I've got this week. Uh, I'm looking forward to Friday's episode. Hopefully we get Dan and Tom on. If not, we'll get somebody on to talk about some UFC and some boxing with us. Uh, I'm looking forward to that episode on Friday, Josh. Yeah, it should be great. Give another uh, four-leg parlay that will not miss this time. Looking forward to it, Kyle. Great episode. Had a bunch of fun. See you Friday. Yep. See you then, buddy.